From Los Angeles, California, this is Burncast and I'm the bomb. Happy 2-2 Tuesday and welcome to the show. In today's episode, we speak to Jolly Roger, the mayor of the Alternative Energy Zone, about the green man and the greening of the burn. Alternative energy means harnessing the abundance of the sun and wind to power lights, play music, and fuel our fantasies. To see Alternative Energy in action at Burning Man, come visit the Alternative Energy Zone, also known as the AEZ, where burners like you are finding ways to use clean and free power that are simple, practical, and affordable. Check out their solar-powered kitchen, their automated art, and learn about their fabulous tools that can change the world. For more information about the AEZ, simply click on our show notes at burncast.net. Since this episode is longer than most of our other shows, we're going to jump right into the interview. Hi, my name is Jolly Roger. I'm the mayor of the Alternative Energy Zone Village at Burning Man. Is Jolly Roger your planning? No, it's... I also work at the Renaissance Fair as a... I'm just an old pirate. <laughs> so most of the people who know me know me by that name. Okay. All right. Well, let's get started. When was your first year at Burning Man? Uh, I started in uh, 2000 mm -hmm. was the first year. I had uh, decided abruptly to go out to Burning Man. An old girlfriend had suggested it. And my current girlfriend said, yeah, that sounds like fun. And she asked, where was it? And I said, oh, it's in the desert. It's in, it's in Arizona somewhere. I, I don't know. There's a website. Go look. So she looked on the website, and she came back to me and said, it's not in, it's not in Arizona. It's in Gerlach. And it's like, what's Gerlach? I don't know what that means. And she goes, Gerlach, it's a, Gerlach is, is a town in Nevada. It's out in the desert. And 20 years ago, I went out there with a commune and lived there and had the peak experience of my life. For six weeks, I was out there. Was, and, and you're asking me to go back there. Yes, I'll, I'll go with you. That's great. So we, we went to Burning Man, and we had a great time. And I had found on the Burning Man website, I read all the notes about how dangerous it was, and you have to have water, and you're going to die out there, and it's hot, <laughs> and it's cold, and it's scary. So I was trying to be prepared. And there was a group that were trying to build an area that had no generators no noise and so I said okay um, can I join and they said yes and I got a little 10 watt solar panel which is sort of a toy it's uh, like 12 inches square and it won't really even charge uh, this noise make you have maybe it'll recharge the batteries but that's about it if I <laughs> but it was a solar panel so I was in the AEZ and the group was great fun and what I remember most about it was there was a camel across the street from us, <laughs> which I thought that was very cool. 20 feet from me, there was a camel. Like a live camel. A live, okay. a real live, okay. I was saying a real live human camel. It wasn't human. <laughs> a real live camel that they, they thought they were going to bring out to the desert. And, and uh, they only were there for about three days. Then someone complained that the camel was pooping on the desert. <laughs> and, and so he, he got fed up and he left. But it was uh, the, the alternative energy zone group was great fun. They had potluck dinners, which we still have, and they had people doing real solar panels and real windmills and some people doing fake things, some silly stuff. Um, these guys got a, a decremental lawn windmill, the kind you see like in Harbor Freight for like 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. That's about six feet tall. Mm -hmm. And they had hooked up, they got some big uh, five-gallon olive jars, 
and they got a bunch of parts out of computers and a bunch of wires, and they put a big wire mess across it, and they told people that that was powering their camp. <laughs> this was <clears throat> this was cocoa velvet, and people would wow! I didn't know the panels were those the the solar the windmills were so small. Those were the effective and. And then somebody tried to take a picture, and they said, wait, 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 stop, you, you can't take a picture yet. And they got some duct tape, and they covered up their license plate number on their car. And they said, this is, this is secret stuff for NASA, we're testing, no one's supposed to know about this, that we're out here. And the guy was very apologetic, oh, maybe I, I won't take your picture, I won't get... He said, no, no, it's okay, we just have to cover up our identification. And people, like, really, really didn't know that it was fake. <laughs> they really didn't have any idea, so they had great fun with that. And we've expanded since then. We've done more things. So how many years have you been to Burning Man altogether? Uh, 2000, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, let's say I missed 5, 6, and this would be the 8th year for me. Okay, and what brings so, you back? Um, my village. I love the AEC. It's a, uh, it's a fabulous community. <gasps> Whoop, hey, oh, that's hey. right. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Oh, cheers. Well, in fact, he, you did say the C word. <coughs> On your website, it says, um, the AEZ is a Burning Man community free of stinking, noisy, polluting generators. Now, the word community, you also say on the website, the AEZ community is a verb. What do you mean by that? It's a very diverse group of people who are interested in having, they want to be out on the playa, and they want to be in a camp or a village that is potentially quiet at night. It's not silent. It's not like Hushville. I mean, people play music, they have radios, there's parties, things go on. But it's uh, a lot of technologists. The fact that it's called the Alternative Energy Zone Village, not surprisingly, we get a lot of people who are engineers or who want to be engineers. Uh, people who know how to build solar panels or hook up circuitry. We have people who build very complicated technology, but then they're kind of shy. And so we have a place where you can do anything you want in the village. You can be any way you want to. If you want to be dressed up flamboyantly, that's fine. If you want to be naked, that's fine. We had one guy who came uh, who is very a strong engineer, but he has a great difficulty with people in crowds. And so as opposed to every other camp in the village, I had to make him a camp space that was hidden and had no road access. Once he parked his truck, he couldn't drive or get out of his... He was completely hidden by all the other campers, so that, in a sense, he was protected from the extreme amount of people at Burning Man. So, in a, and, and he now has... Uh, Is that what it means to be the mayor, to, to take care of your yes. citizens? Yes, I mean, uh, I'm, uh, in, in effect, I'm much more the steward of our camp of our village. I'm just a mayor. I mean, I'm the contact person with the Burning Man organization. I also uh, used to be an architect and a city planner, so I lay out um, a camping map for we get about a 500 by 500 foot chunk of property, which is huge mm -hmm. on the playa. Mm -hmm. But for 500 plus people, it's not that huge. I get to lay out roads in our space and lay out camp spaces. And some people, well, we're going to have a sake bar, so we need to be on an outer road. And, well, we want to be a quiet place. Can you put us next to Hushville? Hushville is one of our neighboring theme camps that like to be next to us because we are relatively quiet compared to them. Uh, sometimes we have Hushville on one side and Kidsville on the other. 
because the kids also like to be near us um, because kids are always curious and they can come into our village and when they see a solar panel or they see um, you know, the evapor wheel, the evapotron to evaporate gray water or they see windmills or they see any kind of interesting projects, the people in our village tend to be people who are happy to explain how they've done stuff. Any time of the day or night, if you're there and they're awake and you ask questions, they're going to be thrilled to tell you how they did their stuff. Educate. No? You should use your butter. That's, that's, that's the bad the word. word. Oh, that's, that's a bad word. word. Okay. Educate. We don't educate. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> There's no education at the AEC. We won't teach you anything. We'll show you what we did, and we're happy to talk to you. Education always has a, um, a forceful sound about it. We don't want to make anybody do anything they don't want to. We don't even want to suggest to anybody that they should do something they don't want to. We simply want to be there you know, for our village. What do you have to... People say, how, they send us messages. We have an email list. Uh, people ask, how do I join the AEC? We say, well, you have to tell us that you're not going to have any stinky gas or diesel generators. You have to tell us that you are going to give us two hours of cleanup time before you leave the playa cleaning our camp. Because our village, we, we are very respectful of the playa. Just by chance, not because anybody told us to, just the, the group of people who happen to make up our community, <laughs> um, <clears throat> the group that are there, all are delighted to be there and are delighted and want to keep it clean, like Leave No Trace, not because we were told we have to, but because it seems like a good idea to us. So if you feel that way and ask, we'll make room for you in the village. If you sign up now, oh, um, go to the AEZ website, www.ae-zone.org. And from there, you can see a bunch of silly pictures and a bunch of ideas of what things would be good for you to bring. And there's a button that says join, and you can join our list and ask questions. And in fact, if you show up on Wednesday on the playa and say, I don't have anywhere for my camp, and I'm where, where's we if you ask us, we'll make a space for you. The AEZ is is about being inclusive. If you ask, Unless we'll make room. Unless you're a noisy, stinky generator. Yes. <laughs> if you if you have a noisy, if you have a, if you even if you have a silent generator, if you have a gas or diesel generator that you plan on running, you can't be in the AEZ, even if it's in your motorhome. Is it the noise or the smell that you're opposed to? Both. Okay. We don't like them. We also there's a certain. Um, I suppose at this point there's a certain snobbish quality of we know from direct personal experience that you don't need to have a generator of any sort. Hence the name alternative energy. Right. Okay, so we, let's talk about alternative energy. Okay. Orgone accumulators. What the hell is that? <laughs> it's a, an alternative kind of energy. Um, William Reich... Uh, the orgone box? Uh, yes, found the orgone box. And... Uh, Somebody came up with what they're calling holy hand grenades. They were making small <laughs> orgone accumulators to draw this uh, beneficial energy out of the air, out of the environment. And my wife is a homeopathist and, uh, and orgonist, orgonomist, and uh, knew about that and started making them. They're, they're very simple. They're, they have uh, uh, like a casting resin with metal shavings and crystals and organic things in them. You can put them somewhere, and they will draw good energy and dissipate clogged bad energy. For instance, somebody two years ago parked their car in the middle of somebody else's camp, and the camp was very unhappy. They had 80 people. 
They had tents everywhere. They had a whole thing planned. And this person had parked their car for three days. And nobody, they didn't know who it was. Nobody was there. Car was locked. They said, Mayor, come do something. So the mayor's wife, who takes care of many tasks when I'm forgetful or dead drunk, she put an Oregon accumulator on top of the car. And 15 minutes later, the owner walked up. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to leave my car here. I forgot where I was and drove it away. I'm sure that was totally coincidental. I'm sure the Oregon accumulator and its energy had nothing to do with what happened. Or not. The other kinds of alternative energy we have. <laughs> now, the reason, the reason I pause is I don't know. I have a friend who pays a feng shui specialist to come to her house. Yes. Okay. And, it's uh, another energy. She was saying that she was complaining that. Uh, okay, so I came to the house and I saw in the corner this little raver trap. It was a lotus crystal thing with, with LED blinkies going in a circle. It was, I called it a raver trap because the waves was sparkling. And, and I, I go, oh, my God. She goes, don't touch it. Don't touch it. That brought us. She goes, we haven't had a job in a few weeks. So I called in the feng shui person. And the, the minute he installed that thing, the phone started ringing. We got seven jobs that day. Three of them didn't work, but we got four bookings. So There's all sorts of alternative energy. Most of what people think of prosaically as alternative energy is solar-powered, or wind-powered, or human-powered. Well, that's what I gen- think of. Electric generators. That's what I think of, especially now with our green theme. And there are plenty of those in the AEC. There are some fabulous, fabulous generators, windmills, solar panels. People built a Savonius, which is a vertical blade windmill that spins around like, a, like an egg beater. Very elaborate um, people have bought generators. And if you come to the AEC, uh, we do a daily walking tour. We might actually do an evening tour. Ooh. People have talked about that. We've got enough interest. But there's always a t- tour at 11.26 each morning. 11.26 is very precise. What if, what's with the 11.26? That's what time the tour starts. <laughs> you don't want to be late. You'll miss the start of the tour. <laughs> well, why not? Oh, that'd be terrible. Start year 11.15. Why 11.26? Well, if you get there early, well, you can ask extra, extra questions. <laughs> Many people in the village are also pranksters. Mm-hmm. We like to have fun in the village. When I started, uh, my first camp was uh, roasted peeps on a stick, where I got the little Easter peeps, and um, <laughs> I put them on little hibachi sticks, and then I torched them. And then if you told me a joke, you could have one. And then after a few years, I decided that was hostile, and I stopped doing that. Um, <laughs> there was an outcry against the peeps, um, for the peeps. No, 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 no. It was, it was um, my, my wife had left me, and I thought, she loves peeps. If I do something extravagant, she'll know she should come back to me. And so I got a case, no, two cases of peeps, which is a lot. And I, and I thought if I showed her, she'd know how much I loved her and everything would be fine, and it wasn't. And so when it came time to go to Burning Man, I thought, what should I do that has to do with... I'll burn those, I can't say, those effing peeps. I'll burn them all. You can say whatever you want. Um, so the idea of telling jokes and being silly and being there to have fun... Is, a, is, I think, a big part of many of the camps at the AEZ. One of the things that happens is that once you generate energy, you have to do something with it. And all the people who get really excited about generating power, quite often they are technologists who then have got all this power at their disposal but nothing to do with it. So what we find then is we have another large portion, half of the AEZ village, are not people who know about energy. They don't know watts and kilovolts and all that stuff. But they wanted to do some project, and they wanted to use an alternative energy source, and they've been welcomed into the village and taught how to do that. 
and offered help. There's a woman, Judith Lewis, who lives in Los Angeles, is a reporter, didn't know anything about solar power, wanted to build scooters that were electric scooters driven by solar panels, didn't know what a Volt was, and joined the list and spent months online asking really dumb questions and got answers, got out to the playa, had problems, asked for help, various people came over, helped her, she built stuff, and out of the blue, presto, she got her electric scooters working. The feeling of mastery and power that she had from doing that herself is one of the things I personally like to see. Many other people in the village also like that. The idea that people come to us and want to do something and we're able to help them because it's so much fun to watch those people get excited when they go, wow, I did that. Anybody on the playa, I mean absolutely anybody on the playa who comes to the AEZ and asks, how do you do this? You will find somebody who will help you do it because we know how much fun it is. Why AEZ? Why not gas? Or Years ago, I was designing an online uh, multiplayer game, a pirate world. And in that world, we said there's no payoff for the cheap answer. Violence in an online game is the cheap answer. You stab somebody, you get their gold. And game over. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we had said, well, if you stab somebody, you don't get their gold. And in fact, guardians appear to protect that person's gold. If you bang the person's arm and get him to drop his sword, then you get his gold, but no status points. If you talk him into giving you the gold, then you get his gold, plus you get status points. The more expensive solution, the solution that you have to think a little bit about more, got you something better. Using a gasoline engine to generate electricity, or a diesel engine to generate electricity, to run lights, is the cheapest, simplest, least elegant way of doing things. Getting solar power or a generator, a wind, a wind generator, or a foot-pedaled something, or a waterfall to create the power you need to run those lights is a much more elegant solution. And for people who pride themselves on being able to do complicated things, it's something to aim for. The number of times I like Burning Man personally because I walk 10 steps and I think, how the hell did he do that? That's one of the things I like about Burning Man. There's, there's all the, there's all the uh, other marvelous stuff that's out there that everybody knows about. But there's, for me, to be able to go to a world where I don't know how they did that, or I know how, and I go, I can't believe they actually went to the trouble to do that. That's wonderful. So I think in the AEZ, we have a lot of people who feel similarly. Have a generator? Oh, that's so easy. Why should I haul a generator out there when I can build a solar panel and build a wire interconnect system and build a battery backup system and build a battery monitor and build this and build this and build this and then I'll run my lights as a more elegant solution that shows a certain expertise. And in the meantime, when they're finished building, you know, there's always somebody at the other camp next to you that needs something. There are people you meet. We have, we have at least six potluck dinners, sometimes more, plus parties. I mean, every night, some camp in the village is having an event to invite the other neighbors in our community, the kitchen girl, <laughs> to come over 
and be friendly. See what we've done. Talk about what they've done. Just enjoy some food and play together and have fun. Be connected to other people on a very direct, real fashion. To be on the playa, physically in one little community of, of people in a village, it seems natural to... I guess it, it's, it's a village that became the C-word because we actually went and talked to each other. I don't really count because I'm the mayor and I spend every day, I go through the village and talk to people in every one. Like last year we had 87 camps. So that's 520 people. Within, I, the... within the, our village. Okay. I go and talk to people in each camp several times a day, every single day, to see how are they doing? Do they have problems? Are they happy? Have they met their neighbors? Are they having a good time? Do they need something? So if I show up at 1126 in the afternoon, I mean in the morning. Yes. And what kind of things would I see on that tour? You will see a short talk about alternative energy and what the village is about. We'll show some samples of things. We'll show the basic. Here's a battery. Here's a solar panel. Here's the wires. Here's a controller. Every single solar panel system you, that you see will have those three parts. So we show you the basics first, and then we talk about some windmills and how they work. Then we walk through the village and point out what people have built, and people talk about them. You'll see an interesting thing, because now I get into the secret nasty word, conservation. Ooh, should we drink to that? Sure. Right. The, see, the village is full of pranksters. It's silly. We like to have fun. Once you start generating your own power with a windmill or with solar panel or with foot power, you start to realize how difficult it is to make power, and you start to think, how can I get the effect that I want without having to generate as much? I don't want my lights to run out at 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. I want them to run until 7 a.m. Well, maybe I should not use incandescent light bulb. Maybe I should use LEDs or compact fluorescents. Maybe I should use EL wire. So you start to learn about one of the problems that, in general, that I find in the playa is how can anyone expect people to be concerned about using electricity if you have no intrinsic sense of how big electricity is? It's invisible. How do you know how big a watt is? Nobody knows that. Uh, a, f a few engineers who spend their time dealing with it all day long don't. But if I say, uh, how, how much energy is in a gallon of gasoline? You don't have any idea. You know, a gallon will take you 12 miles if you're in a Humvee. It'll take you 30 if you're in a Prius. If you're an insane electric vehicle driver in a Prius, you can go 80 miles mm -hmm. on a gallon. Um, but the idea is... Is that if you, if you... There's a special technique for driving that you, you pump the gas and the brakes and you go very carefully. You can go... It's, it's a game. It's like geocaching. So it's not hacking into the... No, 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 no. It's just it's a, a style of driving. You drive as if you're, there's a raw egg between your foot and the gas pedal. You use, you use more gasoline when you accelerate. Mm -hmm. The harder you accelerate, the faster you use gasoline. If you accelerate very gently, you use less gasoline. Anybody can do that. The idea is once you... If you go onto the playa and you have a solar panel, any solar panel, and a battery any 12-volt battery, and you try and run stuff with it, you will quickly, directly experience how much power can you get out of that panel in a day of sunlight. How long will that battery last running your ghetto blaster? 
How long will that battery last running your electric blender? How long will that radio last, or that battery last running your microwave oven? You will quickly learn a very visceral sense in your body how much power is 40 watts. Once you have that, then you can start to make decisions. This is not worth it. I'm going to bring my generator. I need 50,000 watts. We've got to run a stage with five DJs and we've got you know 50,000 audio watts and we need to run a generator because we need that much power. But camps that are running a string of Christmas tree lights, they don't know how much power they need and they don't know that they could run it with this silent battery and silent windmill. So the AEZ, yeah, if you're interested, come and look what you would see on the playa. Are going to conservation? I'm sorry, I drifted away. Yeah, let's talk about conservation. What happens is um, on the playa, if you use incandescent light bulbs, you might need six car batteries to run them. But if you run LEDs, you probably only need one car battery. Hmm. What's the cost for a string of LED Christmas lights versus a string of regular incandescent lights? And what's it cost for one car battery versus 12 of them, or six of them? Hmm. So the idea is the people who start doing this start to look for ways to conserve energy. Mm -hmm. How can I do things so I don't need as much power? You also get into the issues of, well, I've got this great solar panel, and I've got this battery, and I've got this water pump to run my shower. Wait a minute. Where's all the gray water go? Well, we have the Evapotron. What's the Evapotron? Larry Ember, a fabulous uh, member of our village, um, also an Earth Guardian, uh, came up, I believe, with this phrase, the Evapotron. <laughs> and the idea is, uh, it's very simple. It started with, if you take your gray water, like you've been t taking a shower, and you now have a little wading pool full of water, if you stick a towel into it, and you pick the towel up, and you hang it on the line, on a, on a rope, the wind will blow across that and you know sometimes there's wind on the playa truth be told and the sun will beat down on that with the wind and the water will evaporate out of that and you'll be left with kind of a stiff stinky towel but the water's gone uh -huh. well that's a basic simple evapotron and as fabulous engineers that the AEZ is full of uh, and Larry Ember is one of them he hooked up a situation where he had a little uh, windmill blade which was actually a 18 inch um, fan that he ripped the blade out of, and it ran um, a little belt, which ran a wheel, which had a bunch of rags that dropped into a bucket of, wa of a gray water and then lifted up, and it went very slowly, which was fine. So the rags would go into the water, they lift up in the air, and the wind would blow across them, and by the time they got back down to the water, they were dry. That's awesome. It was awesome, absolutely. That's an understatement. I, would, I have to say community a couple of times. Just make that sound. Now, community. Let's drink to that. Yeah. That, I mean, that was such a great idea. And as brilliant minds think alike, several other people on the, and full and on seldom, the playa. And full seldom differ. Yep. Um, other people were thinking of the same kind of ideas. So a number of people made up ways of dipping rags or something into the water in the little wading pool, bringing it up into the air where the wind was, and then when they were dry, dropping them back down into the water to evaporate the gray water. So now you start to have a simple system that we don't need to have electric pumps and a huge 200-gallon tank to store this gray water and take it off the playa. Mm -hmm. I don't have to drill a hole in the ground and secretly pour it in, which is really bad. 
I can just evaporate the water away and I'm left with a little bit of sludge and it's gone. We had one camp called BRC Mud, which was a bunch of, I believe, Berkeley students in 2004. And they built a water recycling. You could put pee into it (laughs) and it came out drinking water. These were like serious, serious UC Berkeley engineering nerds. Like they were young, and they were full of spit and vinegar, and they were like they were, and they had, and they um, a few, a couple of them drank it. Um, most of them simply watered their plants with it. They had a huge, they had a huge dome, like a like a twenty foot dome, full of all these plants. It was like a, a steamy jungle in there because all the water was inside. And they had this tower that had filters, and it had sand, and it had ultraviolet, and it had oh, it was a very elaborate, full municipal very small volume municipal, but it would it would purify water to show that it's possible out of the playa. Wow. I mean, there are all kinds of tricks. Now, you talked about LEDs back there, and I noticed on your website, you um, there's a place there for suppliers in which you talk about LEDs. What else are the people would find if they went to your website? Uh, everything that's fabulous. Um You'd find suppliers of electronic parts, LEDs, and solar panels, and solar charge controllers, um, choices of batteries, what kind of batteries to get. You'd find windmill sources. You'd find uh, hardware. The other thing is, um, the other, uh, I guess another uh, touchstone of the AEZ is the Illuminet shade material that we use. Um, I found this stuff and love it and used it a lot and people every year in the village would say what is that stuff and where'd you get it and, oh and they would use it and so we now we have a lot of camps using aluminet it's some um, aluminized mylar uh it's woven uh it's a shade cloth for agriculture it was uh, developed in israel where it gets really too much sun and, and it uh, shades you from the sunlight so again if you've shaded your camp you don't need as much cooling equipment uh, so we have a big chunk of it, uh, and it's a very—it's a great material to shade your camp. Um, dust goes through it, rain goes through it, some, so it shades you a little bit. You still have to have some waterproof tent underneath, but it blocks out ninety um, percent of the sun's light, and the light that does come through is diffuse, which means it's all bent angles. It's, there's no glare inside there. It's a very nice light. We have um, each year we have um, nap time because our tent is about 60 feet across. So people will come in after they've had the tour, they're tired, and we have all the, all the uh, little blankets and little pillows laid out. People take naps there. Um, it wasn't planned that way, but somehow it's just so inviting, they just decided they wanted to have a nap. How so, long is the tour? Uh, half an hour to an hour and a half. It depends on how long people can stand listening to it and how hot they get. When it's, when it's, really, when it's 120, there are a few people besides me who are comfortable walking around in the sun. That was Jolly Roger, Mayor of the Alternative Energy Zone at Burning Man. We'll return to our interview after this short break. Let's 
talk about the Green Man because okay. when people <clears throat> told me that, oh, you've got to talk to Jolly Roger, you talk to Jolly Roger because of the theme of Green Man this year. I will, I will, I will t- make two. I'll do two rants. You have um, a rant about the Green Man. Uh, I, have, I, have, I have one talk about mm-hmm. the Green Man theme and the Green Man, and the other about greening Burning Man. Okay, let's hear and, it. And because those are two related in some ways ideas, but they are very different. And either of them will be entertaining to see. I mean, I would love to see two-thirds of the ply and not have generators. Not because they were forced into it, but because they figured out that they didn't need it. And they could have just as much fun and do exactly the same shit they're doing now, but not have to have the generators. I would love that to happen. I think that's actually true. Um, I would love to see the Burning Man organization throw solar panels on top of every privy bank and have charge stations. So if you have batteries for your camp and you don't have solar panels, you can bring them over to the privy bank, and while you're peeing in the privy bank, you can be charging up your batteries for half an hour and get a small burst of charge. You know, I I think that would be great. Is it going to happen? No. No fucking way. They'll they'll do something dramatic around the man, because that'll... Look, look, the man's green! Mm -hmm. Um, But all the camps that they have around center camp that are all running huge generators, it's not going to change. So you don't think they can green the grid of Burning Man? The grid itself is the problem. Why? If you're plugged into the wall right now... Right. Do you have any idea how much power you're pulling? None at all. No. Neither do I. There's no way for me to know what power you're drawing. Now, I can buy a $30 kilowatt which is a little thing you plug into the wall, then you plug your appliance into it, and it tells you how many watts you're drawing. Instead of having that, since you don't have that, there's no way for you to know how much electricity you're pulling out of the grid. So how can you even start to conceptualize, I need to save electricity, I need to use less. How can you tell when you're using less? There's no way. So having a grid on the playa means that people are plugging into an anonymous source that just works like magic. So how are they ever going to start to learn that they're using too much? How are they (laughs) going to learn how much they're using to be able to at some point start to feel maybe I'm using too much? Since they have no basic concept of how much they're using, how are they ever going to develop a sense of how much is too much? It's not possible. So perpetuating a grid, simply perpetuating lack of knowledge on people's parts. As long as there's a grid, people who plug into it will never know how much they're using. So they'll never, ever be given the opportunity to think, this is too much. So this is your first rant, yes? Uh, it could be, I don't know. That just You said you them. had two rants. Oh, okay. sorry. Um, the original theme at Burning Man of the Green Man was not about electricity or power or carbon offsets or global warming. In fact, the, the website, according to the Burning Man website, it says the theme concerns humanity's relationship to nature. Do we, as conscious beings, exist outside of nature's sway, or does its force impel us and inform the central root of who and what we are? A fabulous question. Some people are going to say, we are stewards of the earth, we are part of the earth, and we need to, as the green man does, guard the... Uh, gu- green man was the guardian of the forest. And other people will in say... Pagan in, in, in pagan traditions. In pagan and druid, in all kinds of traditions, there were people whose job it was to protect the forest. And there are other people at Burning Man who say, no way, we own the earth. 
They have to, you have to make a choice. Every person for themselves must make that choice, how they feel about it. The idea of the theme of the green man was to suggest to people who may never have considered it as a question even, mm -hmm. that maybe a good way to look at it is that we are guardians of the earth. Maybe that's something to consider. I love that as a theme. I think it is wonderful. Now, unfortunately, grammar and vocabulary being what it is, some people who were thinking about technology saw the word green and said, hey, this is about greening the man, greening as protect the world, worry about solar you know, solar radiation, worry about the, you know, we have carbon offsets because we're ruining the environment. We have global warming. There's some people who say, we don't, we're, we're past global warming. We're global burning. We're, it's too late. We're, not, we're long past global warming. Um, there are people who worry about what fuel we use and the fact that, that there's peak oil. I'm big on peak oil, that we've run out of oil. Sorry, we have hit the peak oil able to be gotten out of the ground cheaply and easily, and now it's going to get more and more expensive for every ounce of oil you get out of the ground. Petroleum products taken out of the ground are used to build fertilizer for food and plastics and fuel. Hmm, if crude oil goes up from $60 a barrel up to $200 a barrel, are they going to stop using it for fuel or stop using it for fertilizer or stop using it for plastics? What do you think is going to win out? Who's going to get it? Those kind of concerns are tremendously valid. They're on my mind all the time. But they aren't about the green man. They're a different thought. Okay. Equally valid. And I don't think one should prevent the other from being at Burning Man. I think there's plenty of room based on the wide diversity of people coming to the burn. I mean, there are people who are coming there to see naked chicks. Those people are not going to think about the green man, and they are not going to think about global warming. They're there to party. Mm -hmm. That's a chunk of Burning Man. You aren't going to attract their attention. You are going to get some people who are interested in the idea of the green man, of being stewards of the earth, of being connected in a visceral sense to the earth. And you are also going to get some people who are thinking of a technology bent that we as technologists can figure a way to save the earth from these bad things that are happening to it right now. There's room for all of it. Which one should the theme be? That would be grossly unpleasant to my mind if the greening the burn pushed the other idea out of the way. So you think they're separate ideas? I think they are separate, related, but separate. Okay. I'd like them both to be there. Let's, let's stop for a minute. You talked about the green man as a pagan entity. Um, Most pagans have thought of the green man. The idea of someone protecting the forest. Do you, are you aware of a, of a movement that wants to uh, have an alternative to the Green Man? And a, no. The, mon that? the monkeys. There's a group of monkeys, <clears throat> and they feel that entities like the Green Man, Buddha, or Easter Island heads have been the subjects of wonderful art, but would we ever enjoy them everywhere if they were in the theme? Um, they feel that the theme is focused on a specific spiritual entity from a specific type of art from a specific era. That's an interesting point. I'd say I agree with all they say, except for very practical issues. And at the bottom line, the Jolly Roger is a very practical guy. <laughs> um, that's part of why I don't do the zealotry anymore, because it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I know that there is a very small, small portion of the Burning Man population 
that thinks about the theme. I do not think 50% of the people there think about the theme and build something for it. I do not think 20% think about the theme. I think it's less. How much less? Who knows? This is my personal idea. So the idea that a theme which less than 20% of the population is going to focus on, who cares what it is? Uh, again, back to game theory. LucasArts, years ago, like in 1984, I think, tried to come up with a game called Habitat. And they tried to study group dynamics in a gaming environment, in a world. Didn't these guys also do Monkey Island, too? Yes, they did. <laughs> I love that game. <laughs> yes, they did. The Treasure of the Secret of Monkey Island is a great game later from what they learned. What they learned was in a population, you have, say you have 100 people, 10% of that population will be able to be basically creative, given nothing at all. You just untape their mouth and let them go, and they'll be creative. They'll, 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 they'll take whatever is around them in any circumstance, and they will be wildly creative. You have another 30% who, if you give them a theme, as it were, they will be quite creative given that theme. And then you have 60% who will just sit there and watch. And they proved those numbers out over many different populations. And I've watched the... I, I, I've had... Since 1968, that's 39 years at the Renaissance Fair, I've had many years at the Renaissance Fair watching people try and come in costume and people try and work at the fair and behave. I've now had seven years at Burning Man, and I've watched people try and behave there, try and dress up, try and be creative. And I think it's skewed because it's self-selecting. A large part of that 60% doesn't even show up to Burning Man. It, it just, they just don't get there. They don't find out about it. Burning Man, isn't that in the desert somewhere? What I find is these monkey people, I think they're very correct, that it's, um, <laughs> it, it's kind of rude to force one particular spiritual idea upon the whole world. But the world of Burning Man, since only a small portion listen to the theme, we've only pushed our idea on a small part, and the rest aren't paying attention to it. Though, I mean, the one year there was one theme about the Sea of Change, the Sea... What was the Sea theme? Oh, Sea of Dreams. Sea of Dreams. That has nothing to do with the ocean. I know. But everybody came as pirates, which I thought was quite humorous. I loved I cracked up seeing all the pirates and all the boats because that's as best as they could figure out from the theme. The same thing. The idea that this theme of the Green Man, there are a small subset of burners who are pagan or who are interested in that and who will go, this is great. This year we have a pagan Green Man theme. This is wonderful. But for the other 30,000 people who aren't thinking about it, they'll do something else. What's your second rant? Here's the rant. A lot of movers and shakers go to Burning Man, people who have great effect upon their world outside the playa. The idea that they are going to come to the playa and see ways of protecting the environment, ways of healing the environment, even the idea that the environment needs to be healed as something for them to think about, that they will take off the playa and the other 50 weeks of the year, they will do something good for the world based upon what happened to them at Burning Man. I am thrilled with that. I think that is so cool that any sort of greening effort will make people aware of, you know, 
maybe I should look at this carbon offset stuff. Maybe I should look at compact fluorescence. Would that really make any effect on my 10,000 square foot building with 15,000 employees? I mean, maybe that would have an effect. That would be good. I love that that is going to happen. I'm horrified that at the possibility that it's going to be done with should. Mm. I'm horrified Your expensive at word. the potential mm. that anyone within the Burning Man organization or any groups of people will say, we know that carbon offset's important. We know that global warming is real. We know that peak oil is real. And we know that burning fuel is bad. And, and we know what you should be doing. And so we're going to make you do that. Because that's going to have the reverse effect. Those movers and shakers who come to Burning Man, they're going to be told those shoulds, and they're going to say, Ficken Sie. That's German. We can say fuck off, right? Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> they're going to say, they're going to go in the opposite direction of what was a good intent, but was given with such religious zealotry mm-hmm. that they re, re, they're reviled by it. They run back and they go, oh, this is terrible. I don't want to do this stuff. I don't care that it's good. They told me I should. I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. That's what makes me nervous because I think that's why people come to the AEZ now on the tours mm-hmm. is because we have never told people, you should be doing this. We've never said that. We've said, we do it. If you're curious, come and look. So you're saying the, the shout that it's burnier than thou. I, I, those, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I'll be saddened if it does. Um, I know that people who get excited can't help that, for the most part. I mean, if you see a house on fire, you really, really want to tell those people to get out of that house. You probably don't say, you shouldn't be in a burning house. You probably use a phrase like, get the fuck out of there, you're going to burn your head off. <laughs> you, a different, there's a slightly different emphasis. My, my fear is that people new to the greening ideas are getting so excited about it that they are presenting it with a lot of should. Can that be helped? No. I mean, when they get older, they'll, they'll figure out how, how these things work, and hmm. we'll see. You've been going to Burning Man for seven years. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for newcomers? Yes. At my standard, every new person to the village, they say, we've never been to Burning Man, we're going to go. Our friends have been telling us for four years, you've got to go, we got to go. We're going, we got our tickets in our hand. And we want to build this huge stuff. I, I'm going to build this statue of, of uh, King Kong, but it's going to be 18 feet tall, and it's going to have flames shooting out of his eyes, and his, his fingers are going to have Tesla quails in them, and it's going to be mad, and it's going to drive along on the playa. His legs will walk. It's going to be great. And I say, yes, that, that does sound really exciting. I feel for a newbie who's coming to Burning Man for the very first time, their project should be to get there, survive for the week, and get home in one piece. That's plenty. For most people, this is a strange world. And I've learned through painful experience that when you go into a strange place, if you keep your mouth shut and watch, you can see what works. Now, I'm not saying you should be quiet. I'm just saying for most people, it's such an extreme in every way. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too dry. It's too many people, there are too many naked people, there are too many college students, there are too many drunk people, there are too many policemen, there are too many of everything. So it's a huge sensory overload. 
and to go there with the goal of creating something and get hit by that sensory overload, some people can take it, some people can't. I always caution on the easier thing. I always say live life the easy way. You know, going to Burning Man is not easy. Going to Burning Man and doing an art piece is two not easy things. So if you've never been, just do one. Have fun. Have a great time. Because part of the fun, as you drive away from Burning Man, you start thinking, next year, I'm going to build King Kong and he's going to have three walking legs and he's going to have this and oh. And the chance that you'll be able to do it the second year are greatly enhanced because now you know the lay of the land. Now you know what to expect and what your project that you're going to do will have to deal with. And do you have... Do you have any advice for people like old-timers that have been going a long time like myself? Stop going. <laughs> um, I mean that in a serious way. I'll say that uh, uh, um, every year as we drive off the playa, uh, my wife and I think to ourselves, we may make it we say, was there enough good time had this year that I want to go next year to off-balance whatever bad time I had? It's a real place. There are some things that are bad. Myself, I'm perfectly happy in 120 degrees. My friend couldn't take it. When he got over 90, he had to sit in the shade. He couldn't take the heat, literally. Um, for him, the heat was a bad thing that was really a big, big negative. Somebody else can't stand the dust. Somebody else can't stand the politics. Somebody else can't stand the lack of good DJs according to what they wanted to hear. Somebody else saw too many burning flames. There are good things you'll see there and bad things. And it, I feel it is essential to listen to your inner voice that says, you know, this year I saw more bad things than good. I'm not going to go next year. No, at some point uh, I'll stop doing it because I'll say there are enough things here that I don't like uh, that offset the wonderful things that I see that I do like. You find that, do you find that's growing proportionately every year? Burning Man is both a, a, a business company and a group of volunteers and uh, a community. Quick, ring the bell. And it, they grow. They have lives. They start off small. They get bigger. They change. And if they change in a way that you find entertaining, then you stay with them. If you get spit on too many times, you leave. So what is so you're obviously going to Burning Man this year? Absolutely. What is right about what's bringing you back? <clears throat> My village, the theme, whether it be both the, the the duality of the greening, greening the man, and the green man, are both very important themes to me, in different ways because I live in pretty different worlds and I want to see what happens with those. I have a village which I love. I am a steward to my village, and as much effort as I put into it during the year, I love to go out there and see my friends. I love to meet new people who become friends because they are of a similar mind to the people in our village. They, are, they become part of our community of the, of the AEZ village. There are still many, many things on the playa that I've never seen because they haven't been built yet. And I want to go see those. I don't see how you have time when you're being such a mayor of the camp and checking in with everybody on a daily um, basis. I ask everybody what they saw today that they like. Everybody that I meet, I ask all the time. Um, I get out to the man several times. I get out to the temple several times. We this year actually we went all the way out to the uh, the the, the uh, garbage fence, which was fabulous. Um, 
we went out to had a wedding out there. Mm. Some people got married. They practiced getting married out there, which was very, very funny. Um, and we met. And Burning Man is, a, to me, a large part is about meeting people who are activists. I'm an old guy. I mean, I grew up in the 60s. And the idea of being around people who are active doers rather than talkers. I love to be in a village in a, in a, of doers, in a city of doers, where all these people, some of them are trying things they don't know how to do, but they're all trying, they're all doing stuff. That's so much, to me, that's delightful to see people doing stuff instead of talking about the problems. One year, I think the second year, I came back from Burning Man. First year, I came back, and I was driving on the freeway in Los Angeles, where I live, and I was driving along, and, I, and somebody passed me, and I, and I sort of didn't bother me, and I, felt, I realized I felt good about people. And I thought, what the fuck is wrong with me? I don't feel good about people. People suck. What happened to me out in the desert where now I feel good about people? Burning Man is about naked people and drugs and music and technology and spirituality, but it's, it's very much about a change of self that you can't control and you can't really see until you're away from it, that you've been to a place that profoundly changes how you see and deal with the world around you. And I find that a delightful um, you know, I've been hunting, but I've never found drugs that do that. Uh, that is a, a, a delightful, tremendous change that I can't do by education, I can't do by learning, I can't do it by force of, of intellect or of training. It just happens by being in a world that is quite different with people behaving differently as a whole. You know, as a whole. I mean, do we have anybody in the village who left garbage? Yes. Um, every village has that. Do we have a lot of them? No. You know, do we have people who, do we, do I find many people who are there on Tuesday walking inch by inch over the village looking for garbage? They don't have to do that. No one's going to, you know, they did their two hours already, but they care about their village and they want to help their village exist and they feel something that's driving them to help this village clean up. I, I love to be in an environment where people feel so strongly about more than just themselves and their family. been listening to Burncast, a podcast spreading the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. For more information, please visit our website, burncast.net. To contact us, please call the Burncast hotline at 206-350-1416 or leave us a message by clicking on the My Chingo audio recorder at our website. You can also send us an email at burncast at gmail.com. A very special thanks to Lecter of nospectators.com for hosting these podcasts.